And welcome to episode 393 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my uh, provincial co-hosts, Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt. Um, this week, I'm coming at you. Me. Okay. I'm spearheading <laughs> this. Uh, uh, coming at you with, uh, you've heard of Vodafone. Now we have the Sodaphone. Um, Speaking of the mouthpiece and get... One ounce of of sweet sugary goodness per minute, with our with one of our many plans. Uh, hear the flavor. And so I'm I'm confused. The, Does the, the soda come out of the mouthpiece or the earpiece? Okay, the earpiece, of course. Right. That's why it's a receiver. Does Does the carbonated water and syrup come out separately so it mixes? At some point, um, yes, that's called multi. That, that's that's what the bandwidth is for. How uh, how s- that's called multi-channel how sticky does the phone get? State of the art. <laughs> well, say once you pick it up, you okay. just can't put it that's down. Kind of what I figured, but I want to call internationally and get like Iron Brew from Scotland. Just comes right over the. Make sure you dial nine first. Dude, that's, speaking that's of right. bandwidth, I I am so pissed off at my like, baby monitor. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, uh, so they I'm intrigued to, to see how this relates to bandwidth. <laughs> um. So for a while, so a uh, little known fact. Do you have to get off the internet when the baby monitor <laughs> no, goes baby, on? Baby monitors are like, only, at least the ones for VTech, are, um, only, they only connect to 2.4 gigahertz. But as you know, a lot of um, you know five G networks, or not five G uh, gigabit uh, networks have five gigahertz and then two point four gigahertz. Yeah, dual bands which are banded. That's... Yeah, yeah, it's pretty common. There's even triple um, bands now. I, the company with Wi Fi six, the Ooh, six gigahertz band. Spicy. So bands this on bands on bands. this company gets back to me after I email them about customer support, and they're like, "Hey, try all this other shit." And then also check your Wi-Fi. Sometimes we have a problem with like banded networks and you have to change the settings and contact your ISP. I'm like, you shouldn't be having this issue. So banded so, networks. So are Jake, my question for new. you also in the, the, the realm of what's old is new again. Uh, what's wrong with a radio frequency driven baby monitor? Like has been the standard for over fifty years. Are you <laughs> are you trying to like pirate like lime wire, trying to get lime wire through your baby monitor. We have a. I don't know if um the radio frequency does like video. Oh, you want video? Like, you want to spy like on video. your channel? I see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a total spy cam. Yeah. This is. We can speak through it. Uh, we can. Well, I guess radio frequency could speak through it, but um, we can. We can play music through it. We can connect to our phones and get it through our phones. There's supposed to be a lot of capabilities for this spy this if, spy camera. So the baby monitor. Does it dispense I was about food? to say, I feel like you only. could just buy a pet cam and accomplish the same <sighs> thing. Probably for less price. Well, I mean, essentially, well, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? It was a gift, though, so. I don't know. We're going to try to return I this want bitch. you to. <laughs> I want you to switch it up with your, with your <laughs> fridge cam. So you turn on the baby monitor 
<laughs> and it's just the uncooked turkey. Make sure you buy a Chinese branded one so that the CCP can keep tabs on Joey Vito. <laughs> well, that's the other thing is that there's a huge um, amount of like security and encryption behind it that they don't they don't want anybody being able to access it. I don't think there's a way people can't access it, but. You know what? Honestly, if you want to go see my child sleeping, it's creepy. Go on, but like, well, it's it's creepy. Ultimately but like, harmless. What are you getting out yeah. of it? Yeah, I mean, like he's swaddled up. You're not seeing his bits, so he's just a freak. You're not, I guess, harming him. Whatever. I don't know. Um, so where are we uh, with that in context? Where are we? Where are well, we? Well, obviously from today, Jake? above Joey Vito. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was going to say, we're going to. Eye in the sky. I feel like I've done this before. That's never so stopped. We're going to reach We're going we're gonna to do this again. We're going to get in Miss Frizzle's um, little shrinkable uh, submersible. And we're going to take a trip. Fantastic to my body. voyage. Well, probably during halfway through the. Yeah. Oh, okay. We're going to take a fantastic voyage to my body and figure out why I got a cold so bad. He's See if got can, the Montreal mumps. The we can blast him out of there. <laughs> We could be like Danny DeVito. So I just started blasting. He's got the Cueva cooties. That's not bad. Yeah, there was a lot of Canadian locations that I should have gone with, but you know what? Yeah, literally a whole country to go for. Right now? I know. Yeah. We got Manitoba. There's, uh, there's actually a non-zero chance Jake falls asleep before the end of our cast. He's He's already dropped about two inches from his starting position. Um, if we extrapolate this over the course of the next uh, hour and some, which is, um, we may reach crit rather consequential because his microphone is currently like above his head, or maybe that's a weird perspective thing with the webcam. Jason, he's it, just get get the uh, get the uh, gaming mic down, and once you start snoring, we'll catch everyone. Yeah. Um. So we better get in that case to our first segment real quick. Uh, tray watch blistering speed where where we're watching yeah and these what trailers. a you know these guys they a, watch trailers it's every what a week fucking it's selection insane. of trailers we have today they teed them up for us there today, are boys. there are a lot a lot of things to say about this <laughs> <laughs> about a lot of these trailers I don't know where where y'all want to start oh the last one I watched was imaginary. Yeah, let's start with that so, one. That feels right. Roundabout, so, I want to say 2005, house. maybe 2006, maybe even 2004. There's a movie called Hide and Seek, which was about a girl who had a demonic imaginary friend. Uh, so we've officially reached the point where we are recycling failed horror movie concepts. <laughs> which Blumhouse, this didn't again. have to be the case. We have ideas for you. Uncharted waters. Are you waiting to like come to the studs vault? To I mean, granted, it's it, the black label reserve still, horror movie. It's plots? still like concept horror films, <laughs> but at least they're ones that haven't been done before. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's the spooky baby bear. He's he's been sitting in his baby basement, punt that bear <laughs> yeah, into a landfill. To light on fire, just ooh, um, this that's where all of them should just end. Just be like, just light on fire. 
Get out of here. Also, I've noticed a pattern uh, with girl. Blumhouse movies lately. They all start with people buying houses. What does Blumhouse have against home ownership? Are you trying to tell us something? <laughs> Is that what's driving down? Like, yeah, does does Jason Blum have like another uh, company that is like buying up houses and turning them into rental properties and he's trying to keep people from buying houses. <laughs> sure you want to buy this? Or it could be somebody trapped it's in the basement. Zach, Zach Baggins is his real estate agent. <laughs> Ghosts are in every house. I'm a realtor. <laughs> the, the, the only way you get around it is if you rent. There's never been a rental... Um, like haunting, I guess. You, there, there's got to be At least I don't like think there have been. you see that's that's a horror movie concept that I I'm sure it's been done before, but like an evil landlord who like kills his tenants. Of course, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense financially. Yeah, but <laughs> or like you have the nice la- the nice lady landlord who like goes crazy. Yeah, I mean it could could be a regular landlord yeah. who snaps. That that could that could also that probably makes more sense. Than the landlord whose business model is killing his tenants. <laughs> well, you know, with all the down payments. You yeah, know, you keep you, that deposit. You, you, keep just, the you start deposit. tracking those up. Yeah, you keep the deposit. <laughs> they don't need it. They're dead. It's a solid business model. You go through a couple of those a year. You get to uh, raise the rents. The, after the tenth person. The <laughs> that time. way, like if you have someone who's been in there a yeah. while and you can't legally raise their rent to, to what you charge a new person, just get them out of there. <laughs> And then after so many murders, they just become it becomes a feature. It's like, hey, there's been a lot of people who have died in this apartment. <laughs> Isn't that a novelty? Isn't that cool? Don't you want to live here? <laughs> that'll be, that'll be, Surely that'll it's be not connected. We're going to need first, last, a and a security deposit. It's going to be one and a half months. They're going to sign this with blood. <gasps> Some of these places, man, like uh, water is built. Water is built separate from <laughs> rent and electricity. Heat and hot water not included. <laughs> there, it we, says no pets, but the, the neighbor clearly has like a Great Dane. <laughs> it's just dog food. Well, that was like my apartment in Jersey. It said no pets, but everyone had fucking pets. <laughs> yeah, gotta love it. You um, gotta love it. Um, so that's imaginary. Oh no, it, the trailer is imaginary. It does doesn't exist. The bear, the bear comes to life, haunts haunts people, and I guess kills some people. Yeah, um, makes a little girl do creepy shit. Yeah, speaking of shit we've already seen before, I'm only saying this because uh, I just uh, the absurdity of it. The, we don't need yeah, to talk the about third, it. migration the third trailer, trailer number migration. three. The movie is. St- Still not it's coming yet. December twenty second. This is just to remind you that it's here. Um, but also, I maybe I didn't watch the second trailer, but I did not remember that uh, Kamal and Johnny is the lead in this. Yeah. Um, it's illumination. It's got all like, the illumination quality jokes that you would expect. Um, it's. Um. You know, they're trying to get to Jamaica and they end up in New York City. Um, and they don't, I don't think they show it in the trailer, but I really hope they take them to Queens. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what they're uh, leading up to. Um, for those of you who are yeah, not, I mean, from that's a better joke than the, the greater New York area. Uh, there is a, a neighborhood, I guess you would call it, in Queens called Jamaica. Yeah. Um, 
It's home of the New York City Arena, which is not an arena. It's, in fact, a nightclub, but... <laughs> it has a sick And no markings front. other than that. <laughs> it's just a black windowless yeah. building. <laughs> it's, a, it's a white warehouse-type building with, with a weird low-poly Oh, no, the, the building itself is black. Um, it's, it's brick. It painted black, oh, yeah. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure, unless I'm completely misremembering. That's kind of dope. New, not not New York Arena. I'm not uh, not Madison Square Garden. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is what I'm getting. Um, uh, NYC Arena, Jamaica. There we go. Oh, it's now called the NYC. I see. Space, that makes more sense. Oh yeah, it yeah. is black. Okay. <laughs> Shit. I had to know what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. What a foreboding. Like, this is this is like the the um fighter select screen for like whatever uh street fighter stage you go into <laughs> inside and a lot of their photos are from are from their um their wrestling well that's stuff. mostly what's run uh, there yeah hog house of glory um Hog runs out of there okay. almost exclusively i see it's not an easy place to get to um <laughs> No. Um, but there it is. Uh, so, migration, ducks. Trailer um, three. Trailer Third three. Trailer. Moving on. Um, Arthur the King. Yeah, so this yeah. is an interesting... Uh, it's based on a true story. Uh, where they they kind of whitewash it, sort of, because, like... The the original story, I believe, takes place in Ecuador. And this is in the DR. <laughs> um, and, of course, Mark, Wal- Mark Wahlberg is the lead. Um, so mm-hmm. there's that. Um, I, these these uh, extreme marathon people, I don't know what this event is, um, but they... Yeah, I was trying to. Yeah, I was trying to see if I could find more information in the comments, but just somebody talking about um, the original story took place in in my country, Ecuador. The street dog that accompanied some athletes was adopted. I remember seeing everything on the news. <laughs> I never imagined seeing a movie about the. And here's the same country. comment in Spanish: Esto pasó en Ecuador, una historia real de este país, pero comprendemos que hoy por hoy Ecuador. Es... Uh, convertido en un lugar peligroso que no brinda las garantías para realizar este tipo de producciones gracias gobernador de Agaver. I don't understand a lot of that. <laughs> Not because I don't understand Spanish, <laughs> but because some of that was gibberish. <laughs> Good to know. But yeah, so like it's a, I mean, it's a cute story. Um, I guess it reminds me of like, well, uh, every dog movie where like the dog potentially dies. I feel like this dog is gonna make it. Um, I just, I got that feeling from the trailer. (laughs) I hope so. I mean, there's there was a scene where he's like on the vet table and it looks sad, but um, yeah, that's your that's your second act low. Yeah. Well, see, I'm I'm curious because like Um, I feel like. 
it's mostly going to be the dog interacting with them when they're on their their marathon here, and then mm-hmm. then later they take him, they take him in. Obviously, tries to get him help or whatever. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure pretty sure he's gonna make it. I get that vibe. Yeah. Now are they like because it's a team, so he has a team of people with him on this like ultra marathon. Are they like racing? It yeah, it's like some sort of people, race. So. Is this? Yeah. Is this like a reverse? Like uh, I did a ride. Um. Oh, yeah. will Cuba Gooding Jr. be playing the it's, dog? It's not like a reverse I did a rod because only one team has a dog on it. <laughs> and they're not pulling the dog. Yeah. Um, There's not a bunch of dogs. <laughs> that would be awesome, though. I, I would kind of watch. I, I kind of want to So watch here's the now. first like oh, cast page that gets pulled up here. Uh, Shang-Chi, seemingly. <laughs> uh, Nath- yeah. Nathalie Emmanuel and Bear Grylls as himself. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, at the end, it says Bear Grylls as himself. I'm like, ooh. I did not see him where, in the trailer. And trailer? you feel like if you're going to like advertise him that heavily, you'd at least feature him. <laughs> maybe it's a sport. Maybe he's yeah, a dog. You know what? Yeah. Maybe he is actually a dog. <laughs> and maybe Bear Grylls' whole human <laughs> persona has been a, a lie this entire time. This is how he tells the world. It's his greatest survivalist act. For my best, for my latest survivalist tactic, I'm going to live as a human for the next <laughs> 10 years. You're going to get famous. <laughs> eating only people food. Yeah. That is that's That's metal as fuck. I'm telling you that right uh, now. Did you know his show is like pretty, pretty fake? Well, of, of course there's there a no, camera crew like, with no. him and all that shit. Yeah, but like, like some of the shit was just not. So here's here's I, the thing. I like right? it. It does seem kind of fun if it was if it wasn't faked. And there's like craft services five feet away from his so, freezing like, tent. It's not. It's faked in the sense that he's not like actually out there roughing it by himself, right? He has a camera crew, and I'm sure they have some support yeah. staff. But like the actual advice he's giving is applicable sure. and would help you in that situation. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he does do some gross stuff. He does do some like actual survival techniques that are, are brutal on him. But like the whole premise of the show was, I just got dropped into the, well, tundra. I thought the premise of the show was, I'm going to show you how to survive in this sort of situation. I don't yeah. think they ever claimed that it was a hundred percent. Like he's out there by himself. Or at least I don't remember that being in the marketing. I think it was more of like a how-to, like docu series back when that shit was really popular. I always remember, th- yeah, I always remember there was a, a a bit where like somebody geo guessed, geo located where he was in one of the things, and he was like right near town. He was like not in the middle of nowhere, and mm-hmm. it's just I guess the concept was pretty funny. Just like cars are driving by that they edit out, and he's like, "All right, I gotta." go on this highland and I can't fall in this hole or else I'll die. Yeah, I'm sure some of that is just like whatever, bear. Oh, boy, oh, boy. You boy. would be unable to ensure oh. the production without <laughs> taking certain measures. Well, then he also did the celebrities one. He did, he, he brought, well, he's, he he's got a new show now go, where I've got to survive it's, with Martha Stewart. It's like a, it's, yeah, he's got like a game show now that he hosts where he's 
like there's contestants. I think yeah. some of them are celebrities where uh I think like, Will Ferrell uh, went out with them one time. They have to, it, yeah, it's kind of like Survivor, honestly, but with Bear Grylls as the host. Yeah. I see it advertised when I watch I Survive in the Sahara for a week with nothing but a single <laughs> Danny DeVito. Speaking of surviving in the Sahara with one person, I would probably pick Sydney Sweeney. Because she's in a lot of shit and she got a, a gyat. And I'm the Rizzler and she's a skibbity. So, Gen Z, you know Do what I, I mean. I don't think even I think Gen that's Z more of a Gen Alpha point. thing. Maybe. Who By knows? which I mean eight year olds. That would be that, yeah. You ever um, want to know what in, an entire generation of memes developed by eight-year-olds looks like? There it is. So there's a movie coming out, Anyone But You. Um, and I kind of listened to this without the audio it's, on it. It's and fucking... It I feel like we great. just saw... I don't know if we saw a teaser for this before, or this is just... Yes, we okay, did see... Because yes. I was about to say, like, literally... A movie with the exact same plot just happened, but it may have been the teaser for this. Uh, girl and her ex are going to girl's sister's wedding. Uh, she has her parents are trying to get them back together. She wants to make someone else there jealous, so they pretend that they're getting back together, and then they're possibly going to actually fall in love for real. And a shocking twist. Yeah, somebody called it a R-rated Hallmark story. Yeah. I guess you need to fill out your rom-com for December. Yep. It's... Yeah, she hits him in the balls, which is not a... It's a sack tap, it's cool fine. Move. So, they're gonna... Yeah, but, okay. Um, hot take right here. I feel like light sack taps are almost worse than... Like a, a big old punch. See, it's a, oh yeah. Off. It's like a twenty two where like it doesn't it doesn't exit out the other side and it just ricochets so around inside the chamber. I don't think it's so much the lightness of the hit. It's where it's directed. Because Location. usually with a sack yeah. tap, they're hitting directly on a testicle and not like in the nebulous bag area. Yes. Um that's yeah. what really hurts. A lot more cushion. Yeah. Yeah, like like Kristen will sometimes be like the Haha. force. Light tap. The force whatever. isn't as like, distributed. No, that hurts. You gotta distribute the force. <laughs> yeah, and they're, yeah. they're more precise too. They're more precise. They, they don't have. You don't have to like wind up or anything. Ugh. Anyways, that was my TED <laughs> talk. Um, and this is Sydney Sweeney's breakout role. You know, just well, it's it's. She's yeah, she's glowing up. She's yeah. she says I've I've had enough yeah. of doing uh, softcore porn, and I'm just gonna go make movies. Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. with still the softcore porn as like a uh, yeah. I'm done with there. the softcore porn, so I'm just gonna be in this movie where Glenn Howell happens Actual to strip porn. naked in front of me. <laughs> Actual porn. hardcore full um, penetration. Yeah, so they're. <laughs> We'll see how that is, and we won't. This is not the last time we're talking about Sydney Sweeney either. So she is. Well, she I don't think I'm going to talk you know too much mean? about her when we get to that, <laughs> but she's in that movie oh, well, yeah. for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, speaking of R-rated, um, <laughs> the Garfield movie. It was certainly it's not R-rated. R-rated. Um, it doesn't look terrible. Um, it doesn't look particularly great either. They're doing a new angle where Garfield's dad is in the picture and uh, is voiced by Samuel L. Jackson for reasons that remain unclear to me. Um, man, man did not get as many residuals as he thought from Secret Invasion. But I will say <laughs> this movie has perhaps the greatest marketing ploy ever. So when the, the trailer bit is done, there's an extra bit where they ask a question through tile cards, does your cat act like Garfield? And they give you a QR code where you can submit your videos and they will potentially be featured in the movie. And the reason this is a great strategy is because you're going to have a bunch of people submitting the video and then going to see the movie to see if there's made the cut. And I think I'm actually going to, because I've got a fat orange cat somewhere in this house and, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it in. We'll see see if it sticks. What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Then you get to go see it. See if he uh, makes a cut. Yeah, it's actually very rare. Um, well, it's pretty rare. Most orange cats are male, but yeah. I think like ten percent are female. I want to go find the uh, the tweet that I saw, but there was a tweet about. Just regular orange cat activity. They all they all share a brain cell, them. and they have to like tune, yeah. as noted by the subreddit, tune, tune their ears cell. to the right frequency uh-huh. to get their turn with the brain cell. Um, <laughs> oh my yeah. god, we have this automatic laser pointer thing that like will spin around, and the cat goes nuts for it. And she was like, it stops. Like part of its sequence is it stops and holds position, and she's. I have it attached to the coffee table right now. And she's sitting under the coffee table, staring right at the the diode that's emitting the laser. And she was like, she's like pretty close to connecting the two dots together. <laughs> but you could tell she wasn't. She would have made it farther in the field of. Uh, like red she, dot science than she's given it a before. real hard look and you can see the gears turning <laughs> but as soon as soon as it practiced. like moves the laser somewhere else she just runs after it as if it were a real bug again <laughs> yeah so uh good good marketing campaign probably a fine um uh, Garfield yeah. movie. It looks. I've been ruined by body horror, <laughs> Eldritch horror, Garfield. Um, so it's it's a little hard for me, but I I do like like looking at the trailer. It looks like they try and make it actually look like Garfield comics, like the way yeah. they frame the shots. I I feel it's it's not gonna be like groundbreaking or or transformative piece of art, but I feel it'll be a perfectly inoffensive family movie. Um, speaking of family movies, I don't know if inoffensive applies here. Uh, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. We get the official trailer for it, and it is the exact same fucking movie, but they have a kid now. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. They make a point. We're breaking into a chicken farm now instead of breaking out. But, like, they recycled the same antagonist. Um, it feels... Very yeah. 
soulless now. I don't know who's who's at Ardman, or I don't know the history of Ardman animation, but I wonder if the same people who started it are the same people who are there. Um, I think they might be, because this is the same group that puts out Wallace and Gromit. Okay. Yeah, but I wonder and if the I don't think they left. Because it's like their baby show. Regardless, you can very easily tell that this is a digital movie um, that is made to look like claymation, or maybe there is claymation, but they have yeah, I gussied it up. Think it is fierce. at least in part still claymation, but you can tell they're using a lot more digital aids, which is I'm not necessarily against because technology's advanced. Make make use of the advances in technology, but it does it does kind of ding the charm charm factor a bit. And uh you know it's just a matter of like it doesn't it doesn't really feel like this is being made because the people who made the first one felt like they had a really good idea to bring back these characters. It feels like it's being made because we're just mining the depths of anything with any sort of nostalgic value that we can pump out a, a years too late sequel to like the original chicken run came out in the yeah. year 2000. It's been 23 fucking years. And and this is what you've come up with. This is what you bring me. <laughs> it's a bold, it's this is basically bold. the same fucking movie. You think I wouldn't notice? <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with, with art man well what's going on is um they don't have a lot netflix of netflix gave them a ton of money and was like make another chicken run and they're like if you yeah. insist if you okay remember this movie huh do it again do it again that's that's a lot of strategies now uh okay uh i was gonna say case in point i can probably point to one in in our roster here but we're running up to the I end of it. we've got just the one left. Um, so maybe we yeah, just hit the big finale it. here. Madam Web. Okay. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. Um, I mean, I knew they were making it. I had completely forgot that like this, this was a movie that was being made. Um, it. Yeah, because Craven isn't even out. No, like, it's not. Uh-huh. Um, the, it's still not even close to being in theaters. Like you think they would premiere this trailer at like when Craven comes out, or like out. at least yeah. have Craven come out <laughs> before you announce this next movie. Yeah, that it's just I almost I struggle to accept the fact that this is a real movie that's coming out. It just feels so fake. I okay. When I first watched this trailer, I thought this was a fan-made trailer, and it borderline looks like it. It like, and I'm not the only one who thought that too. A lot of people were saying this kind of looks like a fan-made trailer. I don't know why. I think there's so much like ADR and like dubbing over that it feels like people rip stuff from other movies or because they took stuff from other. It is. Well, it's all narrated by Dakota Johnson, who is not, she is not giving it anything. 
Yeah, well, well I think that's that DJ is, all uh, she's got. Kind of given it. I don't think she's a particularly talented actress. Well, she's got a very sleepy tone in this portrayal, so which is you know really good for your action hero. Also, like, um, yeah. how is this Madam Web? In what way? Is this Madam Web? She has none of the characteristics so ch- of this character. <laughs> yeah, she changed. Um, they changed a lot of Madam <laughs> Web. Every- and I guess the only thing they, they kept was the name, basically. Web, <laughs> yeah, because when they first introduced Madam Web, I guess she was already like in that situation. She was already like she was wheelchair bound. She was connected to this. The she was already connected to the web of life and destiny. Uh, web of yeah, web yeah. Of destiny. Um, yeah. so maybe she'll get there at the end. I and they're rewriting. They said this is a completely new origin story. For well, yes, that much I can agree with. Them. Um, yeah. yeah, because I guess her I, and her I, three gal pals. Because there is a version of Madame Web where she's younger because she gives her powers to uh, Julie Carpenter. Um, I, I gotta make sure I get the names right, but uh, Julie, because Julie Carpenter, I believe, is the um Spider Woman in this. In well, this I think movie. the the three of them are Spider Women. Maybe, maybe, yeah. They don't Julie, really sorry, show Julia a lot of the Carpenter. Spider People. So yeah, um, it's it, it, the trailer starts off with like Dakota Johnson's character, Madam Web, um, kind of like going into a diner and facing off against an evil Spider Man who is um. That she reveals later that it's Ezekiel Sims who does have like a, he does have a storyline in the comics and they're, we don't know. I don't think we know enough to like be to see if they're like keeping him, uh, exactly how the comics comics were, um, because he's kind of like a crazy. Which isn't older like dude I'm not in the comics. I don't think you have to like stick to the comics religiously. Like, there's a lot of bad writing in comic books, right? It's not all good and like stuff like harley quinn was an invention of batman the animated series and that was fine um yeah this yeah does not <laughs> give me the same uh <laughs> but, but yeah i believe she was born paralyzed and blind um yeah something which like that. dakota johnson is obviously neither in this movie um there's like Honestly, if you remove the the brief cutaways to them as like spider women, um, this movie has nothing to do with Spider Man <laughs> or that shared universe. It has. It, that's part of why it feels like a fan trailer. I think is that so, it's so vague. It does not feel like it's connected or has yeah. a driving premise that it wants to show you. So, like, and this is maybe because there's not enough put in the trailer for it, but um, a couple things. I, the rumor mill created a plot synopsis of it, and this kind of confirms that rumor mill. So Adam Scott is Ben Parker, who's uh, her co-worker as a paramedic. So Cassandra Webb, Dakota Johnson's character, is a paramedic at the time. She has a near-death experience that I, I guess gives her clairvoyance. Uh, so she she's future. not a mutant. Um, and that's okay. kind of the inception <laughs> of the... Uh well I mean unless like they tie that into it later where yeah I guess they, they like, do I mean, but that's maybe. a different company but I guess in Deadpool they did kind of introduce the premise of needing to activate your mutation yeah yeah true yeah 
Um, so Ben Parker um, is her coworker. Uh, we also have Emma Roberts, who's cast as Mary Parker. And when she has this near-death experience, she kind of sees a vision of like a baby being born and handed off. So I guess the rumor is, is that it's all about, it's like Terminator, where Dakota Johnson's character is trying to protect the the girls who become like Spider-Women. And then um, they inevitably like prevent Ezekiel Sims' character from killing Peter Parker so he can become the Spider-Man who gets, I don't know if he is chosen or whatever later on down the line. Um, but we're going to eventually see like the death of Mary Parker's, Peter Parker's mom, and where Ben and May Parker get... Um, where the fuck's Richard in all of this? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's his dad. Is that his dad? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's not Hang listed him. on here. I Chill would be surprised like if they don't include him. Um, but maybe he'll also be connected to... Maybe he um, also Cassandra died in Rome. the Amazon rainforest where she was, and her mother was studying spiders when she met Ezekiel and was studying the mystical power of special spiders. So that was something that exposition, was brought up. Exposition, exposition, exposition. Yeah, there's a lot of like exposition in this trailer, but it's not from a scene. So I'm hoping it's a trailer exclusive line. I would doubt that Dakota. What Johnson the fuck just, like, is Sony doing with all this, right? So they've they've kickstarted a bunch of movies with their Spider-Man IP, right? You've got Venom and its terrible yeah. sequel. You've got Morbius. You've got Craven coming out, and you got Madam Web. Are you gonna do anything with this Sony? Because none of these movies have interacted with each other one iota. No. They're, well, I think they want the they want the money of a connected universe, but they're too scared to actually do the. But thing you know that what? You know what money. makes them the money yeah. on these movies? Fucking Spider Man! You know who hasn't been in any of these movies? Fucking Spider Man! You know who well, they just paid a bajillion dollars to get like the the going forward rights to to hold on to this? Sony. <laughs> They paid a shit ton of money so that Spider-Man wouldn't be in the MCU. Well, no, no, for a they, while. that's not correct. So, Sony bought the film no. rights to Spider-Man back in the '90s, and as long as they continue yes. to make movies with the Spider-Man IP, those rights will not last back to Marvel. That's why Marvel had okay. to broker a very sweetheart deal with Sony to make the MCU Spider-Man movies, which are actually Sony produ- co-productions with Marvel, where I believe Sony made like 80% of the box office returns on that. But Marvel needed Spider-Man for their stories. So they... they Right. And I would say that paid off very well for But for Sony Marvel. is the exclusive rights holder for film projects involving Spider-Man. Hmm. I feel like Sony just, yeah. So now, now they're back in the driver's seat. Uh, it's all under their control, and um, maybe they should uh, maybe do something about it. It's always better. <laughs> like they could have yeah. made a Spider-Man movie anytime they want. They could have put Spider-Man in any of these movies. <laughs> I don't. I don't believe there was any yeah. contract language with Marvel Studios that said Spider-Man can only appear in MCU movies. They now have three canonical Spider-Man that they can pull at any time. I'm assuming they want Andrew Garfield That's what back. I, I, yeah, I feel like he, he the, well, number one, he'd be willing to do it again, I'm sure. And number two, like, yeah. 
Yeah, I feel I feel like after No Way Home, there was a lot of rumors going about about an Amazing Spider-Man three. Maybe that's where all of this gets yeah. tied together. Could be. Yeah. Could be. There's um, a lot. Of, there's been a lot of talk about that. Yeah. So it's they're just gonna amble along until they forget what their purpose is, and they're just gonna drift off into the the ether. Um, yeah. The kind of nail in all of this is that the logo for this movie looks like doo doo. I think that's probably what started off was seeing the logo and being like, "Oh, somebody made this in Photoshop." Like this is like yeah, twenty minutes. Oh look, I took a generic font and put little, oh look, you little, got some, some spider webs in it. No spider webs connecting any of the the lines. No thematic like symbolism. I, I know I but, don't. It's weird for me to Peter, like be they, on, they, uh, like logos. I never put any of this thought into logos, <laughs> but like it stands. It just it just hits me as like. But low Peter, effort. what are you talking about? Low effort. They put the New York City skyline and Statue of Liberty in the in the letters. <laughs> That's a deep cut. I didn't I didn't know about that. They they would reference New York City. Yes, New York City, uh, the well-established really- canonical home of Cassandra Webb. Not Portland, Oregon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, that's an accurate assessment of their audience's understanding who, of this character. Who Lisa. ever, outside of whatever pitch meeting birthed this abomination, said, you know what I want? A Madam Web movie without Spider Man in it. <laughs> That's yeah. Are we? Oh yeah, we're okay. So we're doing a multiverse movie about Spider Man and the multiverse, um, and we're doing a Madam Web movie. Okay, cool. So what? Which part of the movie do they meet up? Oh no, they're, they're, it's different movies. Oh, they're oh they're <laughs> they're separate movies. Oh. Oh, oh no! Yeah, I can't wait for you guys to eat your words when when this makes two web two billion dollars in the first week. Yeah, two web billion. Oh god! Again, again, this is already like stacking up. Like there, there's a pile up forming of this shit where we haven't even seen Craven yet. The thing is, like, didn't Morbius lose a bunch of money? Like, why are why do they yeah, keep unless, pumping well, out? These projects that are going to lose them money. They need more tax write-offs. Sony's other movies bomb hard enough. (laughs) They don't need to do this. Spider-Man Across the Universe made too much money. Yeah. (laughs) Was that the one where they played the the hottest tracks from the Beatles while he uh, fought Doc Ock? (laughs) Spider-Man Across the Universe. Um, Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, no. They need... They need something to fill the time in I'm the sick. like four years until Spider Man uh, Spider Verse three comes out because they said yes it's coming out Christmas no we haven't started anything yet we That's, lied to you did did they let their college did they let the college uh, freshman sophomore class run the executive board for that week well in fairness I think the filmmakers the, the like the... Chris Lord Phil Lord or or whoever. Um, said that the movie would mm-hmm. be done by next year, but obviously they've had to walk that back, and right. I think we're looking at early 2025 at the earliest. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Or, but 
they'll save it for summer fine. 2025 I, again take your take your time um don't rush it out because otherwise you might make decide to make a movie about <laughs> madam webb that that is a jumbled that it's just not going to come together yeah um let's leave yes. this behind us. let's uh let's never speak of this again <laughs> Let's leave this one and on. we'll follow up on some other shit that's been on a trade watch before in our segment, the follow up, where we take a look at the box office for weekend 45, covering November 12th or 10th through the 12th of uh, 2023. Uh, in first place, with a uh, rather meager $46 million opening weekend. And by that, I mean it is the worst MCU opening ever um the marvels taking in yeah taking in that amount of money in 4030 theaters Rough. um there's there's a lot being said about the marvels um most of it not good i don't think i've seen a review call this movie good i've seen plenty call it mid and i've seen plenty call it bad so that's that's the scale we're no working on here. Yeah, not like, even the Marvel simps are are ready to stand. The, yeah, this most thing. of the defenses of this movie like the, are just yelling at imaginary detractors of this movie. <laughs> not nothing about the movie is being promoted as positive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the most I've the most I've heard for like positive reception was that just like Amon Vellani does really good, Sam Jackson's funny and like the cat scene was cute, and they were surprised when they had the musical aspect to it. Um, I don't think that's enough to save the movie. Um, well, that's you like you'd be correct because like uh, we're we're almost an yeah. additional week into its release now, and it is only scratched out uh, seventeen million dollars worldwide. It's only gone up to fifty-four million dollars domestically. I think this is going to drop off hard week on week, so. This might be this might be the movie that starts breaking the the Marvels back. Oh, I mean, this is definitely like I feel like that already happened, and this is just like the first one to come out after people kind of stop. The yeah. shoe is finally dropping. The other shoe is I, finally dropping. I think I predicted less than three hundred and fifty million worldwide, and with this opening, I think that's. That's probably gonna happen. It's I think Quantumania made like four hundred and forty million, and that was I think the previous lowest. Uh not adjusting for inflation, obviously. Um so not actually I'm sorry, the lowest not adjusted for inflation is the Incredible Hulk, which I think made two hundred and sixty four million dollars worldwide. Granted, that is technically Universal Pictures in association with Marvel. But if you want to count that, that's what we're looking at here. Can this movie make $143 million more dollars? It, it I think so. I mean, think. most movies, we, we talk about it all the time on the show. Week on week drops, even for like really good movies, like 50% week on week. For movies that aren't as good, you're looking at 60, 70, 
and then that just continues week on week on week on week. Yeah. I think they're probably banking on a slight uptick come holiday season, Thanksgiving rolling around, families are together. So sit in silence for a week, and then maybe at least domestically, uh, like who who goes? Well, I guess like the weekend after, right? But like, I don't feel like movie going is a Thanksgiving tradition. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, maybe more Christmas than anything. Yeah, I just I got to do something. And this movie is probably gonna live and die by it's well, actually it. I, don't know, I guess we're the only country that celebrates Thanksgiving, but then again, no one would have any other t- oh, yeah. at this part of at this time of year. Looking at you, Canada. Yeah, what do they have to be thankful for? <laughs> we'll talk, we'll talk yeah, about so. that in the future. Yeah. They did their own little thing. Well, there is Canadian Thanksgiving. I think it's in October. Yeah, it's yeah, like but October they also 10th. did some. They did some shit well, to they indigenous people. Too, indigenous. They're as guilty of <laughs> shitting on their indigenous people as we are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Those those churches didn't. I don't get know why I said we. I mean, we're in, uh, American, but like, at, at least in my case, no one related to me was in this country when that shit was going on. <laughs> I get to. I get to get saddled with all that. No, I had a you old, <laughs> old John Hoskins came over in the sixteen hundreds, so <laughs> I got the whole fucking receipts, baby. I'm I, we were <laughs> the heritage I think the was earliest there for the whole thing. Blood relative of mine got here in like the eighteen nineties. <laughs> so slavery wasn't even a thing when my family got here. Yeah. My family were just were just doing cool shit in Italy. My family was trying not to starve in Ireland, and I don't know what are they doing in Hamburg? Build ships, building ships in Hamburg. Wait, Jake, you're telling me that you you're part of an uh, an Italian family that came over in the early. Your story's so unique. (laughs) I was saying we're a pro Mussolini house, but Mm -hmm. I think my grandpa left. Um, well, that's why that. the uh, well, they weren't before the Bennets back down. then, but whatever the actual last name of the bloodline uh, left Germany, they were like, I don't, I don't like all of this this shit that's brewing out of the surface here. Let's get out of here. <laughs> we've been, we've been. It was probably more of enough. like the economy here is terrible after <laughs> after the Treaty of Versailles. We cannot yeah. afford to continue living here. Uh, but anyway, Five Nights at Freddy's can afford to continue making some amount of money. This was a belabored segue, but we're just going to say the number. 8.998 million, down 52.6%. Um, but that's still decent for its third week for a movie that uh, was day and date on Peacock. And Peacock is available for free if you're willing to put up with some ads. Um so that was, you know, interesting. Uh, $256 million worldwide. Um, I got a review of this from a coworker. He says it was not as bad as he expected. And he's a, he's a horror aficionado. I'll take his word for so. it. Uh, that's not exactly high praise. He did say that it was, it was definitely for yeah. kids. Like, it was for a family and younger yeah. audience. So this is, this won't be... 
whatever. What was that movie that came out that was like really scary recently? Um, I don't. Yeah, me. Megan. Megan. Was was Megan scary? I thought Um, the dancing kind of crippled that. It was like a jokey, campy horror. This is this is another low Skullville horror. Yeah. Um. So you you and the kids can watch who watch MatPat videos leading up to this can go see it. Taylor Anyways. Swift, the Eras Tour, still hanging out in the top three uh, in week five, bringing six million additional smackaroonies, down fifty five point two percent and out of seven hundred fifty theaters, um, which makes it all the more impressive. Really, two hundred forty one million dollars worldwide. So really, not that far off from Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> Which is a a anticipated release yeah. with a rabid fan base, um, but I guess the same can be said about Taylor Swift the Eras Tour. So, yeah, I'm really interested to see what happens when Renaissance drops, because this will be it'll be kind of a new, uh, a rarely seen type of box office battle between two. Uh, uh, show movies. I feel that movies. by the time that comes out, this will have worked its way out of theaters. Probably. Uh, Priscilla. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. They, the the entertainers can afford yeah. to dodge each well, other. Well, I mean, this is just all gravy for Taylor. This is an extra quarter bill. I think she crossed oh, yeah. over into billionaire territory yeah. now. Uh, and this was celebrated by her army of rabid fans that also hate billionaires (laughs) yeah imagine being like hey my so my boyfriend's a the top nfl player my movie my side project movie but she's just a small bean she's just a small bean artist she's sticking it to her record label by re-releasing her old songs by honestly she could like she could just buy out the fucking rights to her original songs but then she wouldn't be able to resell yeah. them as something new i admire her as a businesswoman i'll give her that i don't think her music is particularly uh compelling but she is very savvy in the ways of she's managed uh, her finances and her brand quite well um priscilla continues to widen its yeah. release in a thousand more theaters this week but still down 8.7% uh, which is a bit of a rough look. Um, $4.6 million for the Sof- Sofia Coppola-directed biopic. Um, $14.6 million all domestic. Killers of the Flower Moon finds itself in fifth. Yep. 4.58 there, uh, down a third of its gross and out of 430 theaters. Uh, that's made $138 million worldwide. So uh, about half its production budget back in the saddle. <laughs> Yeah, slowly. I just, uh, well, see, I can't wait at an hour and a half to go take a piss, but I can wait three months until this is uh, on I'm streaming. sure it'll be on there quicker than that, but yeah, your point stands. Like, it's just, this movie had a lot working against it as far as being a box office success goes. So I think, honestly, mm-hmm. the $138 million is pretty good considering this is like a three and a half hour movie. And there's no intermission. Yeah. Bring yeah. Back uh, the holdovers 
jumps up 467% uh, as it's opened in more than a dozen theaters. Uh, 778, in fact. Um, I don't remember this. <laughs> Cranky this history was, teacher. Um, I want to say Paul Giamatti. As the yeah. he's the cranky teacher. It's oh right, school. you're right. Yes, I do remember the this. Kids. I do remember. I remember thinking this actually looked decent. Yeah, yeah. I might. We might. I, this yeah. might be one to watch. Because this it's would shot be, in like the old, older yeah, style. This would be a great like Thanksgiving movie. I would. Yeah. Be yeah. Interested in well, we'll this. see if it's playing near us. Uh, with the family. Um, Three point two million dollars for that, bringing its. Total gross, all domestic, to $5.6 million. Um, so if there is a war on Christmas, uh, Christmas is winning quite handily, as here we are in the middle of November, and what do we have opening in 7th? But Journey to Bethlehem. <laughs> this... Oh, it's, oh, it's a... It's a- Pop this live-action Christmas musical adventure for the entire family weaves classic Christmas melodies with humor, faith, and new pop songs. Oh, they're promising new Christmas music? <laughs> In a retelling of the greatest story ever told, yeah. the story of Mary of Joseph... Is it going to be praise songs? I ...and the birth of songs. Jesus. Um, this, this made awesome. a lot of money. All things considered, two point four million dollars in two thousand theaters. It's uh, increased that total to uh, three point three million dollars domestic and uh, twenty one thousand dollars internationally. <laughs> yeah, I. You know what? We did review the trailer for this. I. It's coming back to me. Yes. Here's the trailer. I'm putting it in. Was the, was in this the a week that I was not on the show? Not. Maybe because I have. N- I have no. I don't remember this trailer. <laughs> this was a. It was a while ago. I it have no memory of ago. this. Oh wait, this isn't a. This is a Sony co-production. <laughs> they they just want to keep rolling out the hits. Sony and something called Monarch Media. I don't think so. That's company? legendary. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I know, and they've the, got. Uh, the Apple that, TV show now too. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta watch that. Is before it any? The go up. I I, I'm Apple curious TV. to see if it's any good because it seems like it's gonna be mostly just the boring parts of Godzilla movies. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it. I might watch it tonight. But um, yeah, I know the first episode just dropped today. Um, I, I'm assuming they're scheduled releases, but oh, if they're not, oh. then I'll binge it. I'll acquire it like in my usual manner. Um, yeah, yeah. I will say about the the trailer for this movie, uh, Journey to Bethlehem. I love, I love because all the comments are, "Hey, I was, I just happened to be invited to a pre screening of this movie, and man, it was <laughs> so good. I, you I was totally go randomly selected <laughs> to give my unbiased and uninfluenced review of this movie. Is that Javier Bardem? There's no way this movie could no, afford Bardem. <laughs> oh, speaking of Javier Bardem, did you guys hear the... that he's uh, on the short list to play Galactus? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I did hear that. A choice. I just want to hear it. Just... <laughs> I, 
Uh, yeah, it's a choice. It's definitely it's, one of the. Uh, he walks up to the counter, and across from him is an entire planet, and he just does the monologue for no. Of all the actors that. who could play Galactus, he is certainly one of them. It's definitely one of the casting choices of all time. All right. So, um. Oh. Uh. Speaking of uh, casting <laughs> choices, um, Stephen Yun is uh cast as, um, uh, such an S. <laughs> invincible. In, no, but his suit. The funny part about it, his suit is uh blue and yellow. Um. Oh shit! Son of a bitch. It's gonna be in. Oh, that's right. They're making a Thunderbolts oh. movie. Uh, Why? Didn't they have a Thunderbolts TV show, or is that Immortals? They might have had an animated Thunderbolts show. They definitely had an. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking of. Um, Son of a bitch, just put it give in the me Google IMDb upcoming. Let's see. Uh, Thunderbolts. Who do you play in Thunderbolts? Steven Yun plays. Uh, it's not listed. <laughs> it just says Steven Yun. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Wait, I'm sorry. Harrison Thord is playing Thunderbolt Ross. Well, yeah, Harrison the other Ford, guy died. I I don't want him to die, but he's 83 years old. <laughs> There's a good chance that he's not yeah, going to make it to the sequel either. <laughs> oh wait, so you'll recast Thunderbolt Ross, but Century. you won't recast Shala <laughs> or Kang or <laughs> Kang. Yes. I know. I, I, I wonder if there's also just like storyboard bullshit behind the scenes as well. Um, so, Sentry. Right. Well, is never mind Sentry. that shit, because here comes Tiger 3. Know that is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so Steven Young's going to be playing another flying punching guy. Um, yes. With a blue and yellow suit. Okay, cool. Cool. Glad to see he's Absolutely not. Being not. Um, Tiger 3, $1.911 million. Um, in 775 theaters, uh, 3.3 million worldwide. Uh, but more importantly, uh, in our spotlight, because how could you not spotlight a movie that's called Tiger 3? <laughs> yeah. And knowing us, we love, I, I love. They're, they're the always, the, the Bollywood reviewers bring, bring the energy. They bring the sauce. Uh, eight, out of yeah. 10 on IMDb, uh, 45% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, 52% or 72% audience score, uh, but only 11 reviews from critics and 50 plus 50 uh, verified ratings for the audience score. Um, so not, not a great sample size there. Um, could not find Metacritic information on this, surprisingly. Uh, but we don't need it because all we need is is the the microphone and a monitor with which we can read using our internet connection the the real reviewers from the real reviewers who really definitely saw this movie um well most yeah they they all did like i I've, I've encountered very few imdb reviews where they have not seen the movie all right Jake snuggle up he's getting I'm, I'm, he's getting close get ready um <laughs> I guess I'll lead off with this one from uh, Cigar 
Husanic, uh, nine nine eight six nine, ten out of ten. Tiger, all caps, of course, is back with a bang. Tiger three is such an accurate depiction of what the corrupt Pakistani armed forces are doing to the Pakistani people. I wish there was a tiger in reality to save democracy. And infrasand Imran Khan, all one word, no spaces there. End of sentence. You won't ever forget what the movie stands for. End of sentence. Not a hypothetical story. It's the reality. Tiger 3 is an intelligent film. It's not the typical spy film where action is the first thing. The plot is solid here. I feel it's more... It's it's the most grounded Tiger film in the series. <laughs> It takes time for audiences to absorb in this world. The best thing was Salman Khan, was balanced by Salman Khan, (laughs) the actor. Kudos to Manish for that. (laughs) There's no match to Salman as Tiger. (laughs) Hemron, dash, his BGM, his voice. Mon truly menacing. (laughs) Mon spelt (laughs) M-H-N. Uh, love Katrina and Pathine's cameo. Parenthetical, surprisingly. Four out of eleven found that helpful. <laughs> Just remember, Salman Khan was balanced by Salman Khan. <laughs> Salman Khan. I love it. That's the only way to balance Salman Khan. I hate when I go out to restaurants. There's just not. It's Salman just not Khan balanced with more Salman Khan. Yeah, it's too much cilantro or something like that. Can't get um, enough of that Salmon Khan. We got meat. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a plate of the Salmon Khan. But can I ask first, is your Salmon Khan balanced with Salmon Very Khan? important to my decision. <laughs> yes. Meat in the Bendu says, one out of ten, disgusting waste of time and money, dot, dot. <laughs> All right, let's see. Um. I probably won't have the same energy level, but so forgive me out of time. The same old Giza Pita storyline, illogical situations and backwards dialogues. Sometimes I felt like watching a 70s movie with predictable climax. New thing! <laughs> Raw agent in work what? from home <laughs> parenthetical WFH mode. Smiley face, smiley face with ultra lavish life and all expenses paid by government of India. I saw people yawning, leaving, and desperate for movie to end, traumatized after watching this movie. Slept twice in the middle of the movie. Frowny face, frowny face. One thing I liked is the name of the mission. Time pass. Really, they they have created the the move movie. I think they meant movie. Just to pass their time and waste our time. I don't understand most of the positive reviews for this movie. The entire plot is confusing. No good acting. Out of army and men and thousands of rounds of ammunition fired, not a single hit any of the heroes. 10 out of 13 found that helpful. Still might be the most grounded of the three. Yeah. Um, So... uh, Middling this out, this really, I think this kind of starts to paint the picture here. From Abhi Shekti Mosina, uh, 83633, um, 4 out of 10, weakest YRF spy universe. 
Um, there is no punctuation, but I'm just gonna. So I'm just gonna roll with it. Um, had watched all the YRF universe. Among all, Tiger Three stands with the weak storyline and execution. Let's get into the film with no spoilers, except for the cameo by Shah Rukh Khan and post-credit scene of War Two. Uh, he trick Roshan. Film's early starts with story of Zoya and Atish, and the film continues with Bob. Of course, F- or bye. With flow, movie goes on dull note and predictable. VFX is at least better than Pathan. With start of next half, the movie continues to gear up with Shah Rukh Khan cameo. Well, see, well, seeing them both makes you smile and burst into laughter. He is the plus point in the movie. But before and after that cameo movie again run to the same dull moment. Beside him, Erman Hazmi does his job but still lacks the aura as of Jim. But still thumbs up to his dialogue delivery, which other leading actors and actress lacks. Plus points in the movie. One, better VFX <laughs> than Pathan. Two, action done by Zoya, most fight scene, and Tiger, few fight scene. Three, cameo and bromance. Four, positive second half and BGM. <laughs> Lacking points in the movie. One, dialogue and its delivery. After movie, after the movie, no person will remember any dialogue except for a few and some Salman fan. Two, not so entertained with the flow of the film, maybe due to lack of director execution. Three, no adrenal rush and Scherger throughout movie, except for the cameo moment and national anthem moment. Four, no gripping story lineup. Five, little fast pace with some story, but lacks the emotion to touch the audience. Well, movie has both sides to be watched. If you are a Salman fan and uh, at least wish his best to go near theater, if you are a normal audience, it can be avoided, else can be watched after at release. 27 out of 33. Well, I'm going to ask the important question that I'm sure we're all wondering here. We know it has better VFX than Pathan, but how does it compare to the Cashmere Files? <laughs> I, I don't think it quite stacks up. I don't think it's going to stack up. It's disappointing. Honestly. Well, uh, Damodar Subid, 22, has, has a bit of a different take there. Uh, 10 out of 10, all-time action blockbuster. Rating equals 10 out of 10. Salman Khan's Tiger 3 is a Hollywood-level film. Biggest action movie in Bollywood. All that capitalized for no reason. Uh, it was Camel Case, rather. The action series, the action scenes are excellent, but these are not normal action scenes. They are made like Hollywood movie and are much better than them. The action scenes have a lot of stunts applied, and we would like to praise them. Well, there's multiple people. I guess uh, Damudar and Sabid are two different people. Uh, this is the best film we have seen. It does not only have action to action, but covers a mystery with some outstanding drama scenes and dances. Best action film in Bollywood to date. Oh. Hashtag Tiger 3 will set new benchmark. Outstanding and excellent movie ever made in Bollywood. Excitement soaring, four exclamation marks. At being Salman Khan is all set to light up the big screen. 
Let's celebrate the Festival of Lights with family laughter and the magic of cinema in theaters. Wishing the entire team of Hashtag Tiger 3 a roaring success. All-time blockbuster. Uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. A lot of periods, and then it shifts into exclamation marks and then concludes with 10 out of 10. But 2 out of 5 found that helpful. This is, this is most definitely uh, someone's tweet that they have copied and pasted and submitted as an IMDb review. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, side note. I actually, learning experience, um, they were talking about Festival of Lights. That's Diwali, and that was on the 12th. So happy Diwali. Happy to all those who celebrate. To all, all. Yes. <laughs> Light uh, one up. Right. At, at, at being you. Salman Khan is actually his handle on, well, I guess, X now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see him... Uh... Having an Instagram post being like, hey, so I feel like I understand out. that comment a little bit now. So he's a director, but his direction was balanced out by him being an actor in the movie. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Unique. Hmm. Okay. Um, we got HXZR saying. One out of ten. Another forgettable film fueled by fabricated or paid. No, those are all reviews. genuine, man. <laughs> okay. Bold, bold claims. Let's see if you got any evidence to back this. It's this, a bold uh, claim. What's your source? <laughs> yeah. My source is I made source. it the Trust fuck me, up. <laughs> it's only allowed on Reddit. <laughs> Another lackluster sequel that's not. Worth your time or money. It's not even worth streaming on OTT platforms. There's nothing noteworthy about this film. Everything is poorly executed, especially the portrayal of the lead character, which is quite pathetic. It's unclear when, they are, when they'll retire old talent and bring in fresh faces from India. Enough has been said. <laughs> Watch at your own risk and regret... Re- regret regret wasting your time. <laughs> your time... <laughs> Regret wasting your time, money, and energy later. This movie is just another forgettable experience bolstered by fake or paid positive reviews. It's puzzling why filmmakers invest so much these days in deceiving people on platforms like IMDb with paid reviews. Several companies. They're not paying for them, they're just having chat GPT shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? They're not even, it's not even that expensive. They're not even investing that much into it. Just wait a couple months. And you'll see the ratings and reviews for of real, from real users, <laughs> for real. <laughs> which is Saturn starts bleeding into the greater mythos. Less than three stars. <laughs> yeah, they know. we're having an effect. We have our <laughs> audience. <laughs> they listen to us. <laughs> Drop this movie to less than three stars with numerous negative reviews. Fifty-two out of sixty-six help found that helpful. Yeah. I think we're having well, a we are, multiverse. We are, a uh, <laughs> we are uh, secret Hollywood tastemakers, so I guess that makes sense. That's right. Uh, even if we don't know it. <coughs> Which we, <clears throat> all right, anyways. Uh, Shadis, uh, uh, Shahid Shanto uh, with his 4 out of 10. They're 4 out of 10. Flop and storyless movie. Some hashtag good points of the movie. One, 
hashtag Katrina Kalf's iconic hashtag towel fight scene is great. Number two, hashtag Shah Rukh Khan's stylish cameo. Number three, Shah Rukh Khan and Salman Khan action scenes, which are the most hashtag highlighted scenes of this movie. Number four, Katrina Katrina Cave shines in action sequences. Number five, hashtag climax scene is good. Special PM speech scene. I don't think hashtag Number climax six, is going to have what you think it's going to have on there. <laughs> oh, it keeps going. Hashtag Arjeet sings awesome party song at the end of the movie. Seven. Finally, hashtag Heathrick Roshan's cameo. Number eight, family movie. Some hashtag bad parts of the ca- of the movie. Number one, hashtag Salman Khan's entry is not so special. Number two, the hashtag first song of the movie, sung by Arjeet Singh, is very poor. Can I get clarification on what exactly the hashtag there was? Okay. The word first. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, Salman Khan rescued hashtag Ravnir Shori very well with his bike. So how Ravnir Shori died? <laughs> Number four. The first half of the movie is pretty bad. Nothing to entertain. Number five. Complete hashtag waste of hashtag time. Hashtag lack of entertainment. <laughs> Number six. Most notably hashtag Salman Khan. Use hashtag body doubles in all his action scenes. <laughs> <laughs> because going to fucking X right now and putting in a hashtag. Salman Khan buttons. is very hashtag unfit. <laughs> he will not be able to do such action hashtag stunts in any way. Oh, and number seven, the character of hashtag Erman Hashmi is not so special. Hashtag five out of six Hashtag found that helpful. Body doubles. I need to see what comes up with this. Hashtag physically. Hashtag time. Hashtag lack. Surprisingly, there's actually some results for hashtag body doubles. Uh, the most recent is... Okay, no, I'm sorry. That's from... So, yes, there are... Uh, there's a tweet from the... The top body hashtag body doubles tweet of all time is from the Bella Twins. <laughs> Just says double okay. trouble with a bunch of hashtags. Um, but curiously, hashtag 2006 is not hyperlinked. Um, okay, weird. There's some other stuff from older. Uh, recent stuff is uh, John Fetterman. <laughs> Conspiracy theories <laughs> with who? <laughs> oh, okay, right, got you. Um, oh, and I guess yeah, a lot of it's from October. There's a hashtag body doubles hashtag fake biting. Um, so there's there's more traffic on that. Um, I'm going to be bla- brave in uh, hashtag climax, even though I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a lot of not safe for work shit there. <laughs> Um, surprisingly, not as much. Yep, okay, that's balls. 
Um, <laughs> there it is. Yep. Balls. <laughs> I was on latest, and it was surprisingly clean, but as soon as I switched to top, it's the worst fucking porn angle ever. It's just the dude's balls going in and out. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't unsee that now, so I hope you all appreciate the sacrifices I make for the show. Twitter's a wonderful All platform. right. Uh, as I try to bleach my mind there, <laughs> back to the box office results. Number nine, we have Radical, which drops four places, uh, making it the big loser this week. Um, down 35.1%, $1.72 million, uh, despite opening in 115 more theaters. Um, and rounding out the top ten in its seventh week, we have Paw Patrol the Mighty Movie, down a meager 15%, despite being out of 625 theaters. Bringing that 1.7 mil, uh, bringing its total worldwide gross to 189 million dollars. So that's that's that. That's what you get. Yeah, that's your hashtag climax. Um, shout outs to uh, Dream, Dream Scenario with its little, its its a uh, small uh, early turnout in six theaters. It's its little premiere. We will be eyeing yes, it very carefully. Yes, uh, that is potential uh, next week uh, yeah. topic there. Big cage, cage big, power. Big cage rage. A lot of caging going on. Uh, Oppenheimer, uh, not apropos of anything. It's down to $95,000 this week. But um, it is out on Blu-ray now. So there's that. Uh, final tally for it worldwide, $949 million. So didn't quite make it to a billion, but came damn close. Uh, yeah. I will say that that movie, that movie was almost three hours. It was hours, exactly right? three um, hours. <laughs> okay. Uh, the half an hour does make a little bit of a difference at that length. But um, I think all, all Oppenheimer also... Had a lot more. Yeah, the whole Barbenheimer thing definitely buoyed it, at least in the beginning, gave it a stronger opening. Uh, But I think Christopher Nolan movies are much more event cinema than Martin Scorsese movies, which are more like prestige films. Um, not I'm not trying to make any claims about who's the better director, although I will say personally I enjoy Nolan's work more than I enjoy Scorsese's. But um, I think it's rather undeniable that uh, Nolan has been a bigger box office success than Scorsese has been throughout their careers. It's not a new development. Um, but let's check in on some potential new developments in the world of gaming as we talk about some gaming news. And I'll start this week with uh, Embracer Group CEO uh, flat out refusing to talk about the Knights of the Old Republic remake, uh, saying anything I say to this becomes a headline, which in and of itself became a headline <laughs> proving his point. Uh as I've yeah, said yeah. from the moment this was announced, I will believe that this is a thing when I have booted it up. And when it's running on my machine, I will believe that this is real. Until such time, I remain skeptical, and it seems like 
that was the right way to play it because it's been it was announced back in 2021. We've heard nothing about it since, other than that it was I think delayed, scrap, shifted developers. Um, but uh, yeah, that's <laughs> anything. He's right. Anything he says to this uh, will become a headline. But perhaps. You shouldn't have announced it until it was closer to being a reality if you didn't yeah. want that to be the case. Yeah. Just some food for thought there. Um, and uh, it's just a little, just a little it's funny that you funny that you bring this up because I did just recently see a, a discussing film tweet saying the Knights of the Old Republic remake is reportedly dead. Um, By whom? This is coming from Insider Game. I had heard that recently as well. Um, uh, but... Can something that was never alive truly be dead? <laughs> True. I feel so like that's, this, that was actually like a KOTOR 2 kind of It's It's KOTOR paraphrased two kind from of question. KOTOR 2. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah. So who who said that one thing about like uh, the, I say it becomes a headline? Um, Jeff Grubb. Uh, what's his name? Was Did they, they might not even name him in the article. Very bad. Okay, so this named somebody. Um, so they're citing a uh, guy named Jeff Grubb, who said during a morning show, uh, I just wanted to clear it up. This game is not being worked on right now. Uh, just full stop. The game is not being worked on in any way in the studio. Originally announced back in 21. Remake has been through development turmoil from the start. Um at first in development by Aspire Media uh, before Embracer Group shifted the game over to Sabre Interactive in August 20. Yeah, um, so Embracer Group as a whole is not doing doing great right now. Um, they were they were raking in the cash and they were buying up studios left and right, but uh, a mysterious two billion dollar deal uh, that they were they were working on uh, fell through. And I guess that's made them kind of short on cash because since that happened, um, which happened this May, uh, since then they've closed uh, a bunch of studios and laid off over 900 employees in just the second quarter. Um, During an investor presentation, uh, whoever the CEO who was not named this article, who wrote this article? Lars. uh, Andy Chalk. I'm going to give you a little, little tip. Uh, for your freelance journalism career, when you say Embracer CEO in your headline, you really should name him in the article. <laughs> yeah, because that, that's exactly what they did here. Embracer CEO Lars Wingefoes said during an earnings call on Thursday. Yeah. That, uh, that's where the quote's from. Uh, personal thank you to all the employees for work put out work by the cuts and then whipped out one of the buzzwords we've heard all too often saying we are determined to transform Embracer Group into a leaner, stronger company. So, um, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't believe that this Coda remake was going to happen first place. And once again, pessimism has proven to be safe on block. (laughs) Yeah. That's what you get. Um, I guess speaking of things that aren't <laughs> happening, uh, my news is also about something that didn't happen this week. Um, Starfield did not get on the shortlist for Game of the Year nominations. Oh yeah, uh, for the Game Awards. Now, 
this is not necessarily interesting. Um, more the reaction to it is interesting to me in that all the actual players were like, yeah, okay, I understand yeah. that. Um, but the media who co- who was covering it was all well, very think, surprised and very concerned with it I not being the on the list. surprise is in part due to the fact that it won Xbox Game of the Year. But uh, you have to consider that its main competition was Redfall. So um, the fact that it shipped in a mostly playable state yeah. made that <laughs> that an easy pick here. Um, <laughs> I like Starfield. Review forthcoming, I promise. I still just need to finish the story. Um, I think I'm getting close because a major, major mm-hmm. canon event has happened in my playthrough. Um, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I had um I had two people who uh, two friends who I've enjoyed I've played a lot of Starfield it. Um, it was... I I do enjoy it. I like Starfield, but um I can see that it is a flawed game in several ways. It's not a super innovative experience, um, but it is one of the most like in terms of scope. It's one of the biggest um you know sci-fi RPGs ever and I feel that's a really underrepresented genre so I enjoy it a lot because of that I enjoy sci-fi RPG genre um, and it's also like the only game in that kind of genre that's as sandboxy as this is like you can build your outpost you can build your ship and that's what I've spent most of my time doing in Starfield is managing my fucking uh, <laughs> yeah. uh Ventinium fuel rod <laughs> operation and building cool ships based on other sci-fi properties. Um, there are some cool <laughs> quests too, but a lot of like planet exploration is the same, like 10 points of interest recycled over and over again. Um, there's not a lot of rewards for exploration. Um, there's a lot of loading screens especially for a game that requires to yeah. be installed on an SSD. Um, just a lot of loading. Um, companion characters aren't great. Storyline, it's it's getting kind of interesting, but uh, I have a feeling that they're not going to stick the, the landing when it comes to the ending. Um, but there are some interesting side quests and stuff. I definitely say as like a immersive experience it falls short of something like Cyberpunk 2077 which even at release I thought was a was a fine video game. I gave it my game of the year that year and I stand by that decision and as per usual the world has come around to my way of thinking. <laughs> um but yeah, I'm not mm. I I'm not surprised cuz honestly it's 2023 has been a weird year for gaming. Because at the start of the year, it was looking like it was going to be one of the worst years for gaming ever. You had flop after flop coming out. You had Gollum, you had Redfall, uh, you had a bunch of other games that kind of missed the mark a little bit. What was that other purple one? Um, Oh, right, yeah, Forsaken, Forspoken. Yes. Um, Yes, you had a lot of flops coming out and out. And then the latter half of the year, things picked up. You had Starfield, if if you're of that persuasion. You had Phantom Liberty expansion for Cyberpunk Mm -hmm. 2077. You had um, 
shit. What's the other? Baldur's Gate three. I'm gonna list list off the action. Yeah, I was gonna. I'm gonna list off the actual nominees that are on the list, and I'm pretty sure all of these came out second half 2023. Yeah, that's uh, recent. Alan Wake two, Baldur's Gate three, Insomniac Spider Man two, Resident Evil four remake, Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and yeah, those uh, are all. Most of those are games that have come out in the past like two months. Um. Yeah, I guess uh, Harry Potter fans were also disappointed that the the Hogwarts. Game I don't think that was a good enough game to get there. there. I think, well, it got a lot of hype, and then I think people played it, finished it. Yeah, it wasn't super engaged. Like, I don't remember hearing a lot about it after release and the the controversy about trans characters or whatever the fuck it was. Um, yeah, but, like, this is, this is going to be a very interesting year-end awards for us because I don't think ever in the history of the show has the field for game of the year been as competitive or the field for most disappointing game of the year been as competitive and they've certainly haven't been really competitive at the same time so this is gonna be a really interesting (laughs) (laughs) we'll get a lot of really good discussion um but you all you're still getting some flops like uh that kong game that came out which i think was released to make all the other bad games this year look better by comparison. (laughs) So, um, speaking of good games, holy shit, do we got a banger for you. Um, We've got an Alex Jones video game. And if you want to watch the trailer... Of course I want to watch the fucking trailer. Um... Uh, oh boy, it is like, um, it reminds me of this one game I played a long time ago called like Attack Helicopter 4. It's like oh, a yeah. uh, yep. side-scrolling um, flash game that he's selling. Um, and it is, you know, you're just Alex Jones shooting at, you know, Zuckerberg and the Clintons and Epstein and you're on Epstein's Island and uh, you have to, uh, you have to shoot zombies that try to vaccinate you. It's Mm-hmm. It's called NWO. So Wars, I know New World Order Wars. Uh, I know Alex Jones was fighting a losing battle with his hairline for a while, but seeing him just like ditch it all is quite jarring. It's quite jarring. Yeah, he's a he's yeah. a different he's a different build now. Um, yeah, and it is funny trying to hear him describe a video game or endorse a video game. First, there was because he I'll, Mario. Oh, I'd fucking I'd play this on stream, Pac-Man. just for the lulls. I mean, yeah, it it looks entertaining. It's, it's basically the, like yeah, like in terms of like of the actual game, it's it's in the vein of like Bro Force. Yeah, I was gonna say I play with, with as much sincerity yeah. as I would Bro um, Force. I. I've got a feeling he kind of knows that a lot of the interest in this is going to be from people that are kind of low cow in it, but I, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I don't sure. know that that's if he if anyone knows how to cash in yeah, on that, it's like... going to be Alex Jones. Uh, I you better take brain force to as a health power. <laughs> I'm sure this. all his uh, uh, nutraceuticals are going to be present as power ups, because um, only the finest nutraceuticals are sold. Um, yeah, 
and and uh, sanitary male wipes and uh, water filtration. Alex Jones, really, when you boil it down, hell yeah. Alex Cracker Jones is just a humble right. water filtration yeah. salesman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got a couple opinions. I mean, Alex you know Jones would make a pretty good moisture farmer. Have you seen the man sweat? <laughs> but does He's he uh, speak man. the binary language that the evaporators use? <laughs> That's a deep cut know, Star Wars reference. So possibly, quite for those of you who... Uh, Going. appreciate oh, yeah. the ogs and can filter out all the brand evaluation disney has done to star wars what is it yeah what does it mean to be a globalist in the star wars i universe? think that means you were pro uh pro old republic isolation i think okay i think uh globalists are just like nationalists because if you only care about your planet, you're just like it's basically the same as like. Well, I about think your, I feel like your nation. So Alex Jones would definitely be a separatist, because like the separatists were all about yes. breaking away from the new republic, the republic, and you know like managing yes. the re- and forming economically yeah. independent. State. Which honestly, yeah. were they really the bad guy? Like they were played by the bad guy, sure. But like, is that is that goal really so evil? The Clone Wars, I think, did had a few episodes trying to make the Separatists look um, a little bit on the. Like, I feel their position's pretty understandable. A lot of like, well, because like a big part of it was a lot of like Separatist colonies like just wanted to be left alone, and then as soon as like the Republic came, they brought war to their planet. Does Does Star Wars like, Rebels you, or whatever one of the animated not. shows get into this at all? I feel like they would. What the. Yeah, Clone Wars. And Clone okay. Wars gets into the. It's definitely definitely touches on this because it's, you know the, it's trying to paint the the Republic in a more ambiguous light, because, you know they're they're peacekeepers but they're military generals and they're going out and, uh you know enacting war on these planets that probably just want to be left alone. And they're like, no, you need to be under Republic control. You need, to, you need I, safety. I do like thinking of the, the separatists. Well, they, they definitely, that's definitely what they were. Um, like, and I feel like yeah. the Republic, if Space you look at the Republic, ball. you know, they, they're like any big, you know, government entity. Yeah. You could argue that uh, the separatists were definitely from a, or, or, or doing well, I don't think the separatists really wanted to go the war like they had the battle droid factory on geonosis but like i guess the only active aggression they committed was blockading naboo yeah but but then the republic blew up their ships (laughs) yeah well the, the republic uh versus like the separatists they did like they just threw meat bags at yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Ethically, I think the separatists are a lot, a lot better standing ethically, there. Ethically, you're, you're just like considering when, how many, how many series have we had about the clones themselves and how they are definitely not just disposable meat bodies uh, versus yeah. how many, how many series also, have we had about the droids, like the and how how personable the and ethics rich their of cloning are. in general are. You, you know, kind of dubious. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, yeah, right, sure. right from there, like conscripting a clone army, and like when you think about it, the whole clone army 
was orchestrated by like the most evil entity in the Star Wars canon. <laughs> well, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, and they were they just well, the whole yeah, the whole thing like, was puppeteered idea. by the Separatists. Did nothing wrong, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, Palpatine. <laughs> the Separatists. Well, even the Separatists so you're that guy in I, you know, Chris, I mean, Doc Brown isn't wrong. <laughs> he told no lies. He told no. <laughs> Who are the who well, are the republic the to force their way of life and currency system. on independent systems? You know, oh, it's, it's. I mean, that's that again. That's what a lot of Clone Wars touches on when they're not dealing with like Anakin and Snips doing all the you know misadventures. I, I don't yeah. The only the only Clone Wars I watched was the Gennady yeah, one. <laughs> Man. There's probably a good filler list out there because yeah. there's definitely a lot of stuff you can. I guess the way they shot season one of the Clone Wars was really weird. Do you call like it they, shot? They jumped around. It was more. When it's an animated feature. I don't. Well, I guess episode list. I, okay. I guess episode um, like list wasn't like I don't think it was chron- chronological. It was weird. Um, it, it was like, like a. It was like as like a series of fifties like <laughs> propaganda shorts. It was like, yeah. yeah, the boys here on Geonosis, they're taking back yeah. the, the, the palace for the for the Republic. Cheer on our And then people were like, no, I actually like this show. Like, we, you should do something else with it. And then well, so, no, 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 because the and, uh, show came after the movie. Yes, and the movie, oh, the show came had, after the movie? had Ahsoka okay. in it, and that's kind of what put my interest off of it. Not, because I didn't know anything about the character, obviously, because no one did. Yeah. The movie had just come out, but the fact... Yeah. That Anakin somehow had an apprentice when he himself was not yet a full Jedi Knight. Yeah. Then, then click in my head. Yeah, uh, but yeah, Ahsoka's story is pretty interesting. They, well, she was, yes, she she went through really the Miles Morales arc. And of nobody like, really wanted to follow her. Yeah, and then and then people were like, "Okay, all right, oh shit, she's written pretty well." And I think that's just the direction of having like one clear path. From uh, Filoni. Mm-hmm. So. They went from, you know, and they made a good pair, uh, she and Anakin. You know, one was one was the bad cop and <laughs> one was the bone cop. Oh. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I wanted to cover one more thing. Okay, yeah, cover it. I, I don't care. Uh, the only thing I wanted to cover was, uh, so Fortnite's been in the news a lot from doing the OG Fortnite thing. And now I guess they just announced that they are age-restricting skins. I did see that. Um, I don't. So that's. I don't know what that uh, means. <laughs> uh, so I guess if like I guess the fort the Fortnite can... at night after dark skin selection. I I guess some are just like if they're maybe more sexualized or maybe or more, more bloody. It seems probably like f- no, for horror. It, well, there's no blood in it. I think it's more for like um, skins that are coming from a uh, PG thirteen or rated R um, source. Because you have like Deadpool in there, it was. I mean, Deadpool's yeah from rated R movies. So I was gonna say like they don't want the the demographic of the original demographic of Fortnite is probably starting to get into their teen years now. Oh right? well, the original demographic um, for Fortnite was not children because it was well, I guess it was kind of cartoony, but like it didn't have a specific. It wasn't clearly targeting a younger age group. It just kind of got popular with the younger age group. Because when Fortnite originally released, there was no battle royale. I mean, 
<laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And once the battle royale started, they you know, and they got the gotcha, and that works really well on the kids. Um, but so they're all aged up. Regardless, it's been out for a while, so the all of the audience has aged up a little bit. Um, so now they can get now they can throw in waifus into the gotcha, like uh, like Genshin. Update yeah. is question Fortnite's introduction. Get your favorite anime lady. Age get your favorite chibi uh, Chinese animation waifu uh, and player in Fortnite. Okay, so the way they're doing it is kind of interesting. So they have different islands, I guess, that have different ESRB ratings. And the cosmetics all also have different ESRB ratings. So if you try to equip a cosmetic rated T for teen on an island with a E10 plus or E rating... Uh, it's replaced by uh, the default skin. Uh, no matter how, but the I guess the the thing that chaps people's hides is that um, this is happening retroactively. The cosmetics they've already paid for. Um, you're not prevented from using them. You just have to go to the appropriate yeah. island to do it. Yeah. Just a reminder. When you buy a digital good, you're not buying something tangible. Yeah, I I don't. Um, it can be I taken away at this any time. As an especially egregious thing, it's they probably caught some heat from some parent group or something, and this is how they're addressing that. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't understand what the the problem is with playing the game on a more mature server I don't know um, but anyway that's I don't understand a lot of things about Fortnite like I don't understand a lot of things about the French um, but I had to learn a lot about French Canadians when I watched uh, Bon Cop Bad Cop except I actually didn't have to learn that much about French Canadians it was a lot of a lot of jokes about hockey events um, but they didn't have the rights. Yeah. They didn't have the rights to the NHL, so they had to kind of like speak in coded messages. No. Um, so, uh, Bond Cop, yeah. Bad Cop. Uh, the most succinct way I can describe this movie is it is so imagine CSI had a spinoff called CSI Montreal, and for like their big season two premiere. They got a two-hour time slot. That's this movie. <laughs> yes. It is. Alternatively, uh, imagine there's an episode of NCIS Montreal in which uh, the star of the hit film, some hit film, um, is murdered, and they have to interrogate all the actors. Um, and they'll show clips from that movie as sort of world building for the episode. <laughs> this is that movie. <laughs> this movie belongs in the background of another show. Yeah, is like what I'm it is. Saying. It's yeah. almost eerie how much this movie is following the template of the procedural, the mid two thousands procedural crime drama. Like the color grading. Well, the editing is worse than this. That it wasn't any of those TV shows. Yeah. Um. But like the the really 
zany and out there nature of the crimes um and the the like the obligatory quirky forensic scientist character like these are all staples yes. of that genre and it hits them all and it really doesn't do anything else but play by that 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 playbook nope. and they got actors who can do cop actors but can't do funny jokes uh, and ask yeah, them I wonder if, if some of the jokes didn't hit because of like cultural differences. <laughs> I feel like yeah, I I don't speak French, but I feel like the French delivery. Was I gotta get my boss English to watch deliveries. this movie so he can tell me if it was funny. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey. a lot of the French yeah. French lines were a lot smoother than than a lot of the English. The English writing was like really I feel clunky. like the French writing was, like, was also probably French. really clunky. Yes. We just couldn't appreciate <laughs> the subtitles did true. a lot of uh zhuzhing up <laughs> yeah a lot of heavy yeah. lifting there um yeah as a result this kind of feels like 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 an 80s cop movie on on like horse tranquilizers <laughs> it it does so like you you did a you sent us a bit in the group chat where you compared it to uh like lethal weapon like lethal or But it doesn't, I don't don't know know. that it really feels like one of those. Maybe a little more like Rush Hour, um, because you've got, you've got the the odd couple pairings and, you know, kind of, I guess it does have a a, a lot of similar DNA to Rush Hour, now that I think about it. Uh, But uh, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan had good chemistry, and Chris Tucker's actually funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you had the genuine um, stellar comedy of Chris Tucker. The genuine action chops the, of Jackie uh, the Chan. Once in a gen- <laughs> the once in a generation, yeah, um, action comedy that what force of nature that was Jackie Chan. Hey, Jackie, together still in one it, movie. Yes. <laughs> he um, uh, The only thing is that I think to pull off like a good rush hour, you have to have really different characters, where Jackie and Chris Tucker, uh, Chris Rock. Chris mm-hmm. Rock was that? Tucker. Yeah. Oh, Chris Tucker. Uh, Chris Tucker. Yeah, I was like, it's not Rock. Um, where they, they're like just very polar opposites, mm-hmm. um, but they like eventually got along. Whereas these guys didn't seem too different, other than the fact that they see that's kind of where like one was like a off the books. That's kind of like, like one was yeah. Like a, so like the, the idea that is kind of like the premise of Rush Hour, like Jackie Chan, Inspector Lee is a very by-the-book, um, you know, Hong Kong inspector. He's very yeah. big on on process. Well, kind of he's big on process. So the... the It's also... Rush Hour is more of a fish-out-of-water story, which they don't really do any of here. Um, but I wonder if maybe... Like, I know that Quebec and the rest of Canada don't get along so great. Um but as as yeah. an american audience you don't have a full appreciation for that and they don't do anything to really establish that in this movie they take the most basic ass pot shots at each other in this movie like i can the the set the jokes that they're telling about each different area like that quebec that quebec is like kind of poor and a little trashy um and that Ontario, by comparison, is like 
very um, upper middle class, uh, very yeah. posh kind of um, thing. It's like which we know from yeah, Letterkenny okay, is not the like case. The <laughs> yeah, Letterkenny definitely did this better, a lot yeah. better. Um, um, that yeah, it, it just feels like uh, as an American who has we we are born with a lot of rivalries in in you know from like state from to state too. We know. Like fuck yeah, Massachusetts. You know how, to, how to take <laughs> shots at each other? Absolutely. Fuck the <laughs> fuck them assholes right in their assholes. Get back and get get on the fucking Mayflower and go back to England. Ass. You fuck white. Wish Plymouth Rock um, landed on your fucking state. <laughs> like I I know like polite Canada is like a meme, but like they really they really pulled their punches yeah, on and this one. I feel. When you could have a lot of a lot of real like, you know, um, in, in entertaining animosity. Yeah, they definitely the should have played up um, the f- they groups. They saw Rush Hour, but they didn't really understand what made that film work, because uh, you know Lee and jeez, uh, I forget Chris Tucker's character's name, but uh, their characters are are very opposite in personality. Um, you know. Chris Tucker's character is a fast talking mm-hmm. kind of wheel and dealing kind of dude. And Jackie Chan's character is much more by the book, very big on process and honor and, and all that sort of thing. And they clash over that, but they come together as they work together. Cause they discover they have some commonalities uh, between them and they build the relationship off of that. These guys don't really have a ton of friction between them. At any point in the movie, they go yeah, like each within within thirty minutes of the meeting, yeah, they're having dinner at each other's houses. <laughs> you want to you want to come over for dinner? And like, I think a part of that is the fact that uh, the uh, Ward is that the, the yes, Ontario cop? I, sure. Um, Ward, um, yeah, Ward is like they're uh, both bilingual. They have no problems communicating. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're both bilingual, so like that—that's a that would I have been great jokes. And they try to do that with like the chief yeah. of police, kind of that like he he speaks broken English, but again, they don't they don't stick the landing on that. Oh yeah, that was awful. That was so hard to watch. I that was that was a rough part. Um, but yeah, I think this movie would have been a lot better if like they didn't speak each other's languages and they had to figure out how to communicate. Or at least, um, yeah, or, or like... Or at least broken... Or broken at least, like, languages. operate yeah. under the pretense... Like, they French, did... They again, drawing parallel back to Rush Hour. They did that with Rush Hour, where Jackie Chan's character pretended he didn't speak English um, to kind of, like, not have to interact with Chris Tucker at all. But, like, halfway through the movie, he yeah. reveals yeah. he speaks perfect English. And he's like, you never told me you speak English. He's like, you never asked. And then they pay that back at the end of the movie, because that movie is well written, where Chris Tucker speaks Chinese on their flight to Hong Kong. And Jackie <laughs> Chan throws a line back at him. You never, you never told me you spoke Chinese. He goes, you never asked. They should have done something like that. Yeah. This is basic shit. This is basic, they, basic shit. Yeah. They did 1%. <laughs> They did one percent of that because they didn't have the the trust or the vision to bring it out over a whole movie where they're in the bar, right? And it's in Quebec, so he's like, "Oh, you have to speak French." And um, French cop is uh, you know a Quebec <laughs> Quebec cop um, is 
he's the wards get like choked out or whatever and he's like oh i can't i don't know what you're you know does does anyone understand this guy speaking english and he has to, he's like teasing it until he starts asking also for help in french and then they and then they twist it around at, uh five seconds later instead of maybe much later in the movie yeah um so i gotta say this about ward He's the biggest fucking pussy cop I've ever seen. Like he can't win a fight. Like he he's got a problem with being choked. Like yeah. when when the you know one of the killers invades his home and tries to get him, like he's mounted him and then he gets choked and somehow is able to be flipped around. Like, that just doesn't work physically. Like, that's yeah. not a leverage position to choke from. And then if you are the one being choked and you're in that position, you just ground and pound the motherfucker until he loses his grip. Yeah, it, it doesn't even it doesn't even work in, like, a film sense. Like, obvi- like he, you're on You are top. in the position the, of control. Superior position. And you're, you're, suppo- yeah. you're a cop, um, so, you know, presumptively you have some uh, training and dealing with assailants in this position. Yeah. Um, there's again, there's a lot of jokes that try and land, but but don't. There's some there's I remember laughing at one point at something. I don't remember what it was. Um, I don't it wasn't necessarily uh they had the they have the makings of some of this stuff. Like when um the the Queba cop I guess I should really uh, it's like Bouchard or something uh, like he's that. He's in the bathtub. It yeah, Bouchard. Yeah, Bouchard. Um, he's in like he's hiding under a bathtub and walking through the. the that was the weed, one uh, like sort witch. of original, sort of funny thing they did, where they had the marijuana farm in the house, and the house burns yeah. down in an explosion, and they're high when they're getting yelled at by they the chief of police. But the problem is, of course, it's two thousand six high, so yeah, it's, like, I don't super quaaludes. I don't think it's either like of them high. have ever toked once in their life so they have no idea how to act <laughs> they never paid that off though yeah well, the only payoff that. is they, that they they're laughing when they're getting yelled at by the chief of police yeah it's i feel like well I feel yes like there should, should have, have been, been but else. that would require like, this movie to be better than it was like yeah, like, like they should have been off the like case that was a yeah that wasn't a couple of weed plants for his like personal use yeah it was like, not part was, of some grander conspiracy was, like, but like he was a dealer the whole point of that, I guess the whole point of it was all of that really good evidence. Um, yeah, it was weird that the weed was just in there and it was for that one joke. But like, yeah, the, the whole point of that scene was like all that nice evidence that they didn't get a warrant for means it can't be used. It but has to be thrown out. It exploded anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although I don't think it, it would be nice hard be like... for forensics to be like, hey, there's like. 20 pounds of ash that's all got cannabinoids in it well so i'm not super up on canada's laws um i know recreational marijuana became legal more recently it was like in the mid 2010s but i think it's been legal medicinally for a while and i don't I, i definitely know that the the penal code up there was much more permissive of like the there wasn't as strict a penalty as it was in the United States. I don't think it was like yeah. whatever their equivalent of a Schedule One drug would be. I don't think it was that. Um, yeah, 
Um, but that was a fu- the the bathtub was like kind of a funny joke, and the yeah. beginning, like the start of the scene where one of the bad guys dresses up as the pa- the uh, like as a hockey mascot for a second. Yeah. You know what? That's what I laughed at. It goes, it keeps going on, and it turns into the scene from fucking fanatic. <laughs> Where he's just he keeps doing the shit in the bathroom <laughs> mirror, and I just start yelling poppycock, poppycock. Yeah. Um, also, they thought that was the funniest shit ever. the The director thought that was the most fucking hilarious. Is anyone kind of bothered seen. by the fact that Bouchard just randomly sleeps with someone that he's not married to? <laughs> I understand he's French, and that's kind of par for the course, I, but. <laughs> Yeah, that I mean, I don't know. That was his character. It was he was wait? Were they divorced? Because they were. He's kind of okay, a sleazy guy already. But... Yeah, it was his ex-wife. It, yeah. Like Ward comments, he's like, "That's weird that you're like, okay, still I guess living I with quite. your ex-wife." Piece that together. Yeah. So they do set that up. I thought they were still married. Um, and those jokes were were mid. Like I get theoretically funny. Uh, not yeah, I kind of thought they practice. were setting up for like a wife swap angle there, but they didn't. Yeah, um, yeah. There's just not a whole lot. Um, yeah, those those personal character there's arcs no... don't get resolved, and you know why they don't get to resolved? call them a personal character arc is, uh, <laughs> um, you know, a bit of a stretch. <laughs> That's yeah. Um, I think the only character arc that I think you could argue is that he, uh, you know, came through for his daughter, yeah. Richard. Yeah, even though like. There was he wasn't he didn't have a strained relationship with his daughter really like she wouldn't yeah. oh no she dad won't let me pierce my belly button. and then like even by the end of that scene yeah. she was laughing I mean, with they, him they kind of about stuff so she clearly wasn't that yeah. mad yeah. about it I mean, they, they, yeah they kind of made it seem like he um is forgetful and. They they imply that he has like, like ADHD because uh, Ward asked him if he took Ritalin when he was a kid, which I was like, "That's a cheap shot." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah. So the 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 villain plot is some yeah some, some hockey obsessed person who's they, really upset they, that the uh, Montreal team moved to Colorado and that Wayne Gretzky was traded to the uh, LA Kings and then signed with the Rangers later. Yeah, that's that's ninety nine yeah, that, that they're referring to. Right, they couldn't yeah, they okay. couldn't All talk right. about it directly. So, so there was a team in Montreal um, that in like nineteen ninety five got moved to uh, Colorado and became the Colorado Avalanche. I don't remember if they won the cup the following year or not, but I will believe the movie when they say that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he does the string of killings, and um, the last guy is uh, Mr. Plutman, Some of these fucking names, comedy. like uh, the, the woman agent who his name was like... Fl- Flab cheeks or cheek flab, something like that. Yeah, Fla- yeah. There's flab cheeks. There's button. But- Maybe Bouchard is like Bouchard. Button. One of like some of these French names, like the so, French version of this shit. Like yes, you just didn't know Rick. So a lot Pickleton. of these uh, names are like dog whistles for actual people. So like uh, Tom Barry is, uh, I guess, meant to be a spoof of outspoken inflammatory, like the Stephen A. Smith 
uh, hockey commentator Don Cherry. Um, yeah. And there are yeah. uh, Harry Butman is a parody of real life NHL commissioner Gary Bettman. Um, so it's it's a lot of stuff like that. Um, which I'm sure I, all the Canadian spot was super clever, but uh, yeah, I I guess they did. They came back and they they wanted to see more and more of this because again, this was the highest. Oh wait, hold on, hold on. Canada. That might not be true. Um, so I'm on the trivia section of IMDb. Uh, in October 2006, uh, it ended Porky's. 24-year reign as the highest-grossing Canadian movie at the Canadian box office. In turn, its own reign was later ended by Resident Evil Afterlife. I, I, Wait, that was I a Canadian maybe movie? produced in Canada surprise me. or something like that. It's I don't know that it really would count necessarily in most metrics. Yeah. I don't know if Canada... I don't know if the Canadian Movie Association would count it because I don't know how strict they are on CanCon. Um, but if you'll notice, most movies made in Canada are generally about Canada. Or how is the Canada all right? I'm I'm going to do some research on this real quick here. Yeah. Uh, while you do, I'll set up the end of the movie. It's very cliche. Uh, I've taken your daughter hostage, and we're in this. We're <laughs> down at the pier. <laughs> We're in a boat down at the pier. Like if they had, if they had this face off in a hall of mirrors, that's the only way it could have been more cliche. Um, and they they play the guy in the mascot suit one last time for every last drop of laughter. Uh, I couldn't, not in my cup, but in someone else's cup, presumably. Um, and then there's a tense action sequence, you know, where we reveal right at the end of the movie. That Ward is was a bomb disposal experience guy, um, so that they could pay that off a minute later. Not, not that like there were many opportunities where that skill set would have been useful earlier in the movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it definitely yeah. Definitely so comes out with of a with um, a gross of around three hundred million worldwide, the film is the highest grossing Canadian film and also the highest grossing entry in the Resident Evil series. It was shot in Toronto, um, apparently. Uh, I was supposed to shoot at one Toronto studio, but the day before they were due to begin filming, it burned down, <laughs> which was not a great omen for the production, but <laughs> I guess it, it made its no. money. Uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, yeah. uh, well, in terms of quality, he always misses, but <laughs> his movies, he, he can his spin movie can, can make some money. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, and I, I was, there's no good segue. It's like as much like that movie was had a mediocre. This movie ended mediocre. No, so the they literally just I feel like they <laughs> ran out of film. They just the film on the camera ran out. Yeah, and that was the end of the movie stopped because the final scene is um, he slips. They have one fight with the bad guy, and he uh, Ward slips a bomb into the bad guy's pocket, and then. Uh, he starts running away, uh, not knowing that Ward put an activated bomb in his pocket. And they do like one last joke, and this is where you would put your nice action one-liner. This is Canada. 
It's called a one-liner. You put it at the end of the movie, and it's the last thing the hero says before, either immediately before or after the villain dies. And it's supposed to be cool and catchy and, like, sting in your mind. Uh, Boy, That Kid Can Run is not a one-liner. It, it doesn't even make doesn't sense work. thematically. Like, you know, it's not... It's no yippee ki motherfucker, or it's just been revoked. It's just been revoked. Or, uh... I lied is a good one too. Um, well, that that requires setup, and yes, that's, that's another good one. Like this, it's it's not it's easy. It's not hard. It's so easy to do. <laughs> it really isn't. <laughs> you just gotta have it relate thematically to what happened. Like if you said, like, man, he really know, went out with a bang. Like that. That took me two seconds, and it works better than what you had. Yeah. <laughs> Go through a writer's Just room. Anti- presumably. How do you make a literal bomb an anticlimax? Because uh, it explodes. The denouement lasts about mm, 20 seconds as they yeah, walk this, away. This film's almost two hours long. Smash credits. It has no need to be as yeah. long as it is. There's like maybe 30 minutes of memorable content in it. And and the editing is so fucking too snappy. Like it's the the cuts do not stay around too long. There are like yeah. they stay around too short. Like hold and on they, the shot a little longer on some of the like they're doing conversation scenes and they're like yeah, you don't you don't need to snap, snap in between to the over the shoulder perspective every time a character speaks. You can hold the mid shot with both of them in it for a bit too. Yeah, an ADR yeah. line. And two, fucking, yeah. like, at the beginning of the movie with Remember the, that? like, like shaky cam and the focusing in and out, I understand you're trying to make it seem grungy, but it was hard to watch. And then just so many random Dutch angles <laughs> yes. that added nothing. <laughs> they... Uh, did this come out before or after <clears throat> Battlefield Earth? Uh, I think, like, Battlefield Earth was Filmmaking. 2000. Um, I, re- I remember one, okay, then they probably saw that and were like, oh, yes, that's awesome. Uh, but do you remember, I think it was during the sex scene, I think it was the most egregious edit, where they're starting to make out, and then it cuts for, like, one second to a cityscape B-roll, and it then it cuts back to them making out or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's no not reason. like they were trying to, no, like, unmotivated. hide the nudity, because this is a booby movie, confirmed. <laughs> Yes. Um, and it's not the mat. They're not trying to establish a visual um, metaphor. I mean, that, that, or anything. F- that feels it like just, it was a, an editing mistake. Like they had moved. Like that was that was like a uh, yeah. an establishing shot with some B-roll when they were going to that part of the city. Someone someone but slipped like, on the jog. They, they just left it in the spot that they had it before. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, just I, I it baffles me how this. Well, it's made, not like it made a ton money of money. It made twelve million dollars. Like, even in two thousand six, money oh, that's wow, not exactly okay. an impressive total. Yeah. It just happens to be yeah. the highest domestic growth. Yeah. I guess Canada's film industry isn't as robust because I mean they're not as populated as yeah. the U.S. If they put but, it all into like, TV. How, how big is? I'm actually yeah. curious what the difference is. 
I'm fairly confident that you could fit Canada into like three Canada, states. Yes. Well, Maybe you can two. fit it in one. 38.25 million people. That is roughly the population of New York State. <laughs> yeah. you ever Because if you ever see those maps where it's like half of Canada's population lives below this line and it's like... Yeah. Ontario. So interestingly enough, Toronto. of the 38, it's almost like a Ireland and Dublin thing. Of the 38 uh, and a quarter million people that live in Canada, 14 and a half of them live in Ontario. Yeah. It's like the Ontario and Toronto area, um, Victoria. I don't think a lot of people live like, in Victoria. A lot of people live in Vancouver which is the major city. Victoria is kind of like an outlying territory of British Columbia. Yeah. So, yeah. Toronto, uh, Vancouver, Montreal. um, Uh, I mean, I guess... Is there anything down... I don't know about Newfoundland. Newfoundland. Uh, Winnipeg is a decently big city. Um, Calgary, of course, is their capital. Um, Yeah. that's, That's it, really, for major cities. That I know of. <laughs> we have. Meanwhile, I listing the major cities we have in New York State. We have just about as many. Of course, we have the city. And it's five boroughs. You have Syracuse. Buffalo. Albany. Rochester. Buffalo. Well, Ithaca, I've, I've put Binghamton it. ahead of Ithaca if we're talking size. <laughs> oh, Binghamton, yeah. Kingston. Yeah, yeah that's um, fair. Yep. A few others I'm missing. Yeah, I mean that's already seven. We're already <laughs> so that makes sense. Like, it, they there. have Mexico has like four times as many people as Canada, which is kind of surprising to me. I guess I never realized how few people lived in Canada. Yeah, they're um, and they're all like <laughs> like lower. Uh, I, like, more I was really waiting than... for you, like they're and they're all like. Uh, like fucked up people. Just the worst. Well, that. Oh. Um, no, but there's a there's like a, a trivia thing about Canada where like a, a, most Canadians live below the highest uh, point in California, the most northern point in California. Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. So if you if you take the most northern point in California over. Well, yeah, because we like just like a, of half like of Canada lives in Ontario, <laughs> almost. Yeah, it's all just that one city. Yeah. Um, yeah. Side note, while we're talking about Canada, and this is the only place I feel I'll, I'll be able to talk about it because until Forzy <laughs> Season 3 comes out, and God knows when that co- that's going to come out. Dude, Jared Kiso is a fucking like, all-Canadian national hero, I swear to God. Um, have you, First of all, his some of his old hockey highlights are up on YouTube. If you look up Rockets, he played for the Rockets, so if you look up Rockets Forever on YouTube and Jared Kiso, you can see some of his... Actually, pretty dag nasty. Well, he has he has the skills. Um, Like I mean, that's him out there in Jersey, handling the puck like that. Yeah, and two, the dude was born (laughs) on Canada Day. That's like, like you can't make this shit up. That's like my my uh, my mom's dad uh, is William Eustace Patrick Murphy, born on St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that's. Doesn't get much more That's Irish than that. Powerful. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, 
guest Jared Kiso know the director of this movie? I'm yeah, sorry uh, I hate to break it to you, but not the best. Um, Keep on your but video it got a sequel. Uh, there is a a a fairly yes. recent sequel at that. Uh, Twenty seventeen Bond Cop Bad Cop Two, um, and. <laughs> Just the trailer autoplayed when I clicked the IMDb. A lot of really bad green screen. <laughs> um, oh so I mean, I'm, I'm. Hey, all you Canadians who who really appreciate this movie was was a big success and feel that it's a a, a symbol of the offerings that Canadian cinema has. Um, I'm sorry <laughs> that this is what you've had to grow up with, but uh, luckily. Your your neighbors to the south have been pumping out quality films for about a hundred years, so you have plenty to choose from. <laughs> yeah. Um. And <laughs> go watch Strange Brew. Or go. I mean, I guess we were we've been corrected. If you want to count Resident Evil Underworld, which uh, was filmed in Canada, yeah. uh, so I guess that makes it a Canadian movie. There's there's your highest grossing film. I, that feels dirty though, because I don't think like Canadian money produced that. I don't think um, so either. Yeah, no, I don't think so. But hey, I feel like I doubt, I we we can it. say we watched this. Um, I'm a little disappointed yeah. that uh, For we decided to do this instead of some of the actual good movies we were considering doing. <laughs> Well, there's yes. a place for all those. Winter is <laughs> we'll coming. I'll I'll leave those. it at that. Um, and until then, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye bye.